You find yourself in a dark wood. The silence itself is deafening. As you nimbly traverse the dead forest, you jump from tree branch to tree branch, making no sound whatsoever. Following you is your familiar, your friendly badger friend, Kingsley. You come up to the edge of the wood. In the moonlight, you see the jagged, menacing walls of the Goblin Castle. What do I see? Uh, give me a perception check. It's going to be a 15. 15. Okay, with that, uh, you do see through the uh, full moonlight, um, it is the castle. It's surrounded by a, um outer wall. It seems to be about 25 feet tall um, between the edge of the wood and the outer wall. Seems to be about 20 to 30 feet as well, and the outer gate is closed. And you do see figures on top of the wall. Okay, so I'm going to send my familiar Kingsley uh, a little bit further ahead to scout out the wall, see what he can see. Okay, so um, telepathically you communicate what you want from him, and um, you get telepathically the reply to this message <laughs> back, and you <laughs> And not as gracefully or nimbly as you, um, he, tr you know, goes down the tree and goes through, like, the knee-high grass, and you kind of see, like, the, the trail and disappears. It's gone for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you start to get, like, the ping from his um, telepathic link with you as he comes back. And you see, you start to look around for him, and you, you see him cutting through the, glass, the grass back to you. And again... <laughs> And he comes up, and he relays to you telepathically. It is a high, rusted iron wall with thousands of rivets holding together various pieces of salvaged iron. There are patrols roving the wall in sporadic intervals. Each patrol contains one bugbear and a goblin. Okay, so with that, I'm going to um, try to stealthily get to the wall. Okay, uh, give me a stealth check. Cool. That's a 17. 17, yeah. Um, literally, you take one step and like springboard off this, um, this tree branch, which is kind of weird because it's the dead tree branch, but it's just got just enough spring left into it for it to you to do a front flip covering half the distance as you land you kind of do a forward roll and even there's even less sound than that as you make it to um the iron wall and just so happens you're right below one of the patrols and you overhear them now i don't want the same crap out of you like there was last night we need to focus for you know who may be coming tonight no! All beyond me best behavior! Wait! Well, who's coming? The ranger! That horrible, smelly ranger! And that terrible rat of us! Okay, nobody's gonna call Kingsley a rat. So I'm gonna try to um, scale the wall and stealthily take these guys out. Alright, uh, give me an athletics check. Alright. Eleven? Mm, 
Okay. All right. With okay. So with that, you effortless, effortlessly scale the wall. But as you're like hopping over the rampart and you've got your your dagger in your right hand, your footfall clangs on the rusty floor. Bang! Did you hear that? Both their large pointed ears twitch back in unison. I, I believe I did. And I think it's our pal. And her little rat. Oh, shit. Roll initiative. Welcome back to this, our very first sixth episode of Much Ado About Nerding. Hey there, gals and ghouls, gobbies and slobbies, mages and monsters. (laughs) For this is a great episode. This is an episode that wasn't even my idea, but I am damn excited to do it. This is going to be our Dungeons and Dragons episode episode probably one intro. of a series intro yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we will be covering yeah an intro to dungeons and dragons yeah yeah 100% um i'm super stoked about this because i've only been into D for 2 years that was 3 ish three. Three. um 3 years now and it's probably consumed a lot of my life just because of a specific show that we will probably be bringing up later on in this episode but mm-hmm. um oh that's why the show the show's the reason <laughs> and because my brother came home from california and said hey you should play this game with me and i was like yeah and then he watches matt colville and it's so boring but then he puts on critical role and it's way more exciting but no uh joe ran a really rad campaign um i think the whole world should know about Dungeons and dragons because it's a really good way to expand your imagination. It's 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 a good way to 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 be a kid again, kind of in an mm-hmm, aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 like I said, use your imagination to beat the bad guy or be the bad guy in yeah, some cases. Yeah. Um, you can do whatever the hell you want in D and D, but yeah, I'm really, 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 really excited about this episode. Um, I'm really excited to do future episodes about this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you hit, um, I think you hit the proverbial magic nail with, with my mage Mjolnir. Hand? With Mjolnir. Oh, I was going to say with my mage hand, yeah. but okay. Um, yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think everybody could enjoy this. I mean, some people didn't, don't, probably won't like it, but, um, if you liked playing pretend as a kid and you want to get drunk with some friends and play pretend again. Uh, that's really what Dungeons and Dragons is all about. Not that you don't have to get drunk. Some people don't get drunk. We do. Our table, we usually, or edibles or edibled. Yeah. And, um, or pens. Or pens. Yeah. <laughs> we get inebriated. Um, yeah. And I, you know, it's just the social lubricant to help you get a little bit more immersed. Um, yeah. Get into character in some cases. Yeah. But then, I mean, Selena, what if some people don't really like to RP? 
you can still <laughs> have a great time. Yep. 100%. Yep. It's um, so fun. Like Tim. That actually brings to mind Tim. Um, <laughs> well, Drogon says this, and Drogon does this, until I think it was Jason who was like, you know what? We've been playing for two years. I don't know what Drogon sounds like. Yep. And then Tim, without skipping a beat, all right, well, I do this. <laughs> and it was it was freaking great. And for the rest of the campaign, that's what he did. And yeah, it was a, he was a dragonborn sorcerer, and he he never did. And, and some of us, like, we dabbled in... in I know I did. I tried to. I tried to do an accent for for my character. For and a you while. did for the most part. You did. It, it is pretty hard to continue, but um, yeah. Tim. Tim would not, and, and it just wasn't what Tim wanted to do. But it was fine. Yeah, he that's still just had a great... his. And we'll, we'll cover that. Yeah, we'll yeah, cover that. Yeah, it's, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Different play styles and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. Um, with that, um, uh, so I, I actually was gonna. How was your week, Selena? Um, it was really good. I mean, I worked most of the week. I spent the weekend up in a mountain, which was refreshing and amazeballs. Um, but I did miss, miss our weekly D&D session with that, so I'm kind of bummed. You actually missed a, sh- a fucking hell of a session. <laughs> I, I became so the bummed. Undertaker, basically. Um, you know, um, I still leveled up. Yeah. Uh, but how was your week, Joe? Not too bad. i actually been working a goddamn lot. Yeah. Worked all goddamn day. I was actually worried... About three o'clock this afternoon, I was like, "Shit, I'm dragon." Uh, not dragon, like <laughs> dragon horde, like dungeons and dragons. Like schmo. Um, no, I'm was dragon ass. Like I was like, "Fuck, man, am I gonna make it to recording tonight?" <laughs> I mean, make it. That's it's how at I my was house. yesterday. Yeah. So I no, mean, no, no, no. I, I, I get that. it, and that, that's that. I would rather get quality. But no, I mean, came home, kick kick my boots off. Played some Spider-Man. Ate some pizza. Ate some pizza. Drank a couple Steve Weisers. <laughs> Listened to some Backstreet Boys. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think. And then you, you showing up. Um, I always get kind of a little, a little lamped. A little lamped, especially um, when we get to write our descriptions for our new episodes, which I yep. hope you all enjoy. <laughs> yes. If you guys don't read the descriptions, we put a lot of work and effort into that. So if you guys please do that. <laughs> a lot of laughs are had during. Well, and really, it's only for our benefit. <laughs> <laughs> but join us. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, See, so yeah, at least I didn't scream that into the mic. I did. I 100 percent did. All right. And now. Uh oh, we're getting into it, and I'm so excited. When last we left our heroes, they were talking <laughs> about Dungeons and Dragons, and then they got sidetracked by a really good. Let's cause. see if they come back. Doo 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 doo. All right, Selena. So, uh, can you tell me how did Dungeons and Dragons get started? Um, two dudes in the sixties and seventies in like Washington. <laughs> they did no a thing. Studying. They did a thing. Hey, um, I have been working. No, yeah. So, no, so. Um, no, it's it's D and D. For those of you who don't. It's a tabletop role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Um, tabletop, because you usually play on a tabletop, but you can play on the ground. You Shit, you don't even need... You can just do theater of mind and just play it in your head. We did that for the first couple couple rounds with you, because mm-hmm. we didn't have everything set up at that time. Yep. yep. Um, you can also play on a TV screen, which a lot of people are doing, yeah. which is yeah. fucking rad! Technology. <laughs> um, but it role-playing, like I said, um, it's just playing pretend. 
You know, it's playing G.I. Joe's in the backyard or playing Robin Hood or Cops and Robbers. Playing Power Rangers. You know, yeah. It's it's just doing that. I mean, you don't have to show up in costume or actually, like, jump up and kick people in the face. So it was started in 1974 officially by uh, Gary Gygax and Dave Arnson um, and first published by TSR um, with the three core books that came out originally. Um, and it's typically set in like a high fantasy setting. Think like your Lord of, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, which wouldn't I wouldn't consider Game of Thrones high fantasy. Um, it's definitely fantasy, but it's not high fantasy, meaning that there's not like elves and dwarves and orcs walking around and shit like that. It did deal with like a little bit of like the Three-Eyed Raven and like wizard sorcery-ish, but... And the, the but magic children wasn't, of the forest. Well, and, and the witch. The, or the red woman. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's magic and there's dragons. Ish, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the children of the forest and the white walkers and yeah. stuff like that. But it's not high fantasy. No, no, no. Like no, no. I'm it's, saying. It's not Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Which is, is the most comparable thing that you can put to it. Um, Did you know that Gary Gygax for the longest time said that Tolkien had like little to no influence on Dungeons and Dragons until like 2007. He's like, yeah, that shit was like all yeah. up in there. I <laughs> if mean, you guys can see my face. I'm like, okay. Sure. I mean, they, they, they called them hobbits. They called halflings hobbits in the original Dungeons and Dragons. But then the Tolkien estate was like, uh, uh-uh, I can't fucking use that shit. Yeah, that's ours. Yeah. So they changed it to halflings. That's why, um, Ents in Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. are treants. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was there? There's a lot of stuff like that. A lot of similarities, but they had to make it different because Tolkien didn't inspire them to do yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just think that's a young man trying to... This is mine. I'm going to pee on it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. Even though they've been playing tabletop games like this for like years, it's just that Gary Gygax had the wherewithal to put it all down on paper. And, Perfect. And sell it. Yeah. At stupid fucking prices. Because America. Capitalism, man. Capital—that's the word I was looking for. Make your goddamn money where you can. Exactly. I'm I'm not hating on him for that. (laughs) But please stop charging so much. We're only lowly nerds. I know. (laughs) I spend all my day at work coming up with new shit. (laughs) Not anymore, actually. It's so much better being a player. Um. So, the best way to describe D and D is to not describe D and D. Um, explanations are kind of. They always come up short. And they're always kind of like boring. I think the best pl- way to understand D&D is to play D&D. Yeah, I will agree with that. Because this episode, I'm going to try to not say 100% as many times if oh, you guys are playing is. the drinking games. <laughs> you guys hope you are. Um, Put a lot of thought in it. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. I was like half asleep when I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and we were kind of drunk when we came up with the, the drinking game itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... I will agree with you there, Joe, Mm -hmm. to where the best explanation for D&D is to play because um, I myself had no idea what the hell D&D was other than, you know, the first episode of Stranger Things. That's it. The Demigorgon is tired of your puny babbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love it. Like, I, that was, that was like the only kind of exposure I had to D&D. And then my brother was moving back and he said, hey, you want to play D&D? And I was like, I will try anything twice. So. Which is why she's gay. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, did you 
see the beat in my head where I didn't yep. know if I should say it or not? Yep. I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did, too, because I'm keeping that shit in there. Um, but, yeah, I, I... That's not what she said. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, so then he, he came uh, home, moved moved back, and we started a campaign, and I played and fell in love with it ever since. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I had no idea what the fuck D&D was. And for those people who are, um, this is kind of like a, go out and play D&D, guys, um, episode. Um, it's the community, I would say, as a whole. I mean, obviously, you're going to have your assholes in every community. But, um, I mean, I've been that asshole a few times. Uh, but uh, No comment. With you. Yeah. No, it was with <laughs> you one time. Um, no, I think it was justified, though. Anyway, uh, I think the community is super inclusive and everybody is there to help i think the best way to understand what D is is to just play here's a character sheet you can borrow my dice mm -hmm. you don't you can use this little red marble as your character yeah Let's we play. use bottle caps at one point yeah um i mean my my girlfriend she she came in and, and I was Shout out to Shalina. <laughs> Shalele. Shalele. <laughs> um she came she came to visit and I was like, Hey man, I play D D and she was like, No, that's super fucking cool. Like I've always wanted to try it. And Jason, our DM, was cool and he was like, Yeah, no, I'll write her in. I'll write her in as this badass character. Just send me a little bit of her stats and, and we'll figure it out. And then she went back to Vegas and was like, I need to find people that know how to play D D because I want to to keep playing i don't necessarily need to keep playing this character mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i fell in love with like the role play and the strategy aspect of D and D, and i want to continue to play and I, th I think a lot of it when once you get to the the high stakes you can die your i mean your character can die yeah um it's not a weird cult guys sort of god um we'll get into the satanic panic later yes um but um but yeah, I think the high stakes, it's not like a video game when you're like, you there, this level has an end. There is a way to beat this level. And I can die as many times as I need to, to get there. Right. In D&D, &D, you can die. And it's like, no, that character's dead. And if you're not high enough level, then, and you don't have a druid to resurrect you, or you don't know a priest that can bring you back, or or not even resurrect, I think druids um, reincarnate. Yes. Um no, you're Dude, you're done. Like no, there's there's a there's a story that I love um, about. Uh, it was on Reddit, and it was this guy saying, you know, I introduced my like nine year old son to mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. That's his first session, and he dies. And he says, son looks down at his character sheet, takes a second, writes Junior next to the character name, is like, I'm here to avenge my father, <laughs> and you're like. Fuck, that is the that is D and D right there. Right, exactly. Have fun. It, it's it's just this 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 thing where you 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 have a blast for three six hours. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's it's this thing that that is has become something near and dear to my heart, and 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 I love it. Uh, but we, we should probably go back to like the beginnings of D and D. Oh yeah, I guess we can start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it was it was actually based on old like war game, um, where it was like battalion. It's almost like Risk, but cooler. 
Right. Um, and like these old games that you, like you would have to like make it from the village to this village, and you had to survive along the way. So it was they they used to play like three different tabletop games. In D and D, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like the Oregon Trail. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you would do, like, this combat thing, this combat game. And then you're like, okay, well, you need to go tell the mayor that you killed this bad guy. It's a three-day trek to the next place. And mm-hmm. then they would break out another tabletop game and play that one through. Right. It's not just, um, okay, you camp, give me uh, give me a perception check. Who's <laughs> taking the first watch? Right, right, right. It's- but, yeah, no, they, they dealt with the elements. They dealt with wild animals. And then you introduce, like, dragons and fucking owlbears and... Shambling mounds and trents. And the undead. The undead. Goblins. Wreckfester. That's my favorite NPC of all time. R.I.P. Fester. Rip. You are forever in our hearts. Fester boy, oh boys. We'll we'll get into Fester. Fester service. (laughs) Two dudes. High fantasy. High fantasy. Wanted to play games. Wanted to play... uh, kind of like a survival game is i guess is what i can and the, describe it as and, and the original was just basically you know you had your your knighted war you know your your armored warrior and then you had the barbarian with the axe and the loincloth and then you had like your female graceful druid and then you had like your elf wizard who was too much too better than everybody else too and, cool to hang out and then you had the the dwarf that just wanted to drink and fight hell yeah yeah <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? So, Sal. Joe. Tell us about how D&D almost died. The satanic panic of the 1980s. So there was this point. Yeah, she kind of moved away from the microphone. There was a point in the 80s where a bunch of like parents groups and mostly Christian groups. Boo. Um, they thought that it was satanic cult worship. Um, all these people. But also, like, it's understandable. You have a bunch of, like preteens and teens sitting in a dark basement wearing cloaks wearing cloaks <laughs> and freaking going through these books with like weird like with with magic spells and and uh, these weird writings and drawings on the cover Ooh, it must be satan it caused um like D to change uh the, the way the, like what they called stuff like demons and devils they weren't. I think they were called infernals. I can't. I. I, I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the back of my head, back of my hand, top of my head. Whatever. Have another one, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll have some wine. More mead. Um. But no. Uh. No. That. Yeah. You have another one. You fucking burpy McBurger. Burperson. Goddamn. God um. But no, they, they, they actually, I think it was for 5th edition that they actually started calling demons and devils demons and devils. They even changed the names of those, and I think spell books were changed, like the, the, like the concepts of spell books. All because of parents groups and mothers of goddamn America. My child is special. No, your child is not special. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Your 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 kid is like every other dumbass teenager, and he's not going to be special. She, too, whatever. They're not going to be special until they find what makes them special. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's like he's going to be an astronaut someday. 
Well, maybe if the government gave NASA some fucking money, we'd be on goddamn Mars by now. Be on goddamn Mars. <laughs> the Beatles are bigger than Jesus, and everybody and their mom started burning Beatles records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't mean it in that aspect, which these guys did not mean any of this to turn out to be... It wasn't satanic. Dudes are nerds. Yeah, it's just... They're not cool enough to be satanic. It's just nerds that want to use magic in their real lives because... Or Wiccan. Or Wiccan. No, I think, like, cool people are Wiccan. Uh, angry parents. Angry maybe. parents. They don't like the devil, apparently. They don't like their parent, their kids experimenting with things that are not what they're used to. Gays. It's true. Hmm. It's really not a satanic thing, guys. I guess you could make it a satanic. You you can make D&D into whatever the fuck you want. I right. mean, we've done Doom, like the video game. Right. That was super fun. Um, uh, Right now, I'm doing, like, for whenever our regular Dungeon Master, he's named Daniel. That's, that's super fucking weird, too. Yeah, I get that. Um, <laughs> when the regular DM is out, I'm running a Harry Dresden from the Dresden Files campaign i'm kind of fumbling my way through it because the mechanics are kind of different um there's that i've run a one shot and i basically did the mummy like i i had i had two characters that uh ran through one battle scene of the mummy and it took what three hours Mm -hmm. and and you can write that if you're creative enough. You can you can figure it out. You can figure out the mechanics for your your bads and stuff like that. But yeah, you can make D and D whatever the fuck you want. I mean, shit. These guys helped the Avengers steal the Infinity Gauntlet from true. Thanos. So it was it was rough. So Selena cried. <laughs> Selena, I made Selena cry because Black Widow sacrificed herself. I legit teared up. There she was, did. I have a picture. Actually, I'm going to post that on the Instagram because <laughs> oh, no. I, I took a picture. <laughs> I'm Dude, it to. was so sad. It was like, no, that was whenever your DM asks you, "Are you sure?" <laughs> you're not fucking sure. You might think you're fucking sure, but he knows you're you're gonna fuck everything up. And so he jumps on this booby trapped floor. I gave him two rounds to get the fucking gauntlet out, but he's a gnome. So like, he's literally inside the gauntlet, and it's like doing like the fucking the what's the glove. The, the glove for, like, the, the the meals that you just add meat to. <laughs> Hamburger, Hamburger helper. helper gov. Like, he's literally just doing that around Thanos' like little fucking throne room. <laughs> and, and, like, passes it because he can't get away. His, his speed is halved. Mm-hmm. Because he's holding this thing that's bigger than he is. And um, I think it was more because he didn't know where he was fucking going. So he, like, kept on having to stop and, like, look and, oh, shit. <laughs> Because gnomes are really fucking strong. But, um, <laughs> like, Scarlet, or Scarlet Johansson, Black Widow just was like, no, give it to me. I'll take it. Well, she starts to get fucking wrecked by Thanos. She gets yeah. cornered by Thanos. Thanos is fucking pummeling her face in. Selena's like, I can't help. Because I think Captain America just, like, snatched you out of the fucking Yeah, room. like, all of the Avengers ended up picking up all of us and taking us out to, like, safety. And I was like, no, 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 we gotta go back, man, we gotta go back. And Captain America was like, nah, dude, like, that's, that's it. She knows what she's doing. That's, yeah, that's, that's the end. And fucking, so, in a last-ditch effort, Black Widow dons the Infinity Gauntlet and 
snaps. And if you've seen Endgame, it basically kills you if you're not... I mean, shit, it almost killed Thanos. I fucking died, dude. Like, I was so... I was... What, what, what was the famous line? I was wrecked. What, what did I say? Um, she's sitting there dying, like half her body's charred to shit. And Hawkeye comes up. And he's like, he's holding her in her hands. And Selena's got her, like, up the other hand. And he's, she looks up at him and she coughs. <laughs> It's kind of like Budapest, isn't it? And Hawkeye says, you and I remember Budapest a lot differently. And she closes her eyes for the last time. Dude. I did it way better at the time because I was like drunk. Uh, <laughs> and fucking just feeling the moment. That's another good thing. You just feel the freaking moment and yeah. just go. Yeah. And, and I think that. I think that our theater background kind of helped with like mm-hmm. our improv and mm-hmm. and coming up with things on the spot. Okay, so that was a little bit of the satanic panic, a little bit of the um, history of D&D. Did you want to get into a little bit of the basics um, as far as creating a character? Uh, yeah, um, so I think the best way to uh, create a character, um, well, I mean explain the creation of a character is to realize that every character is comprised of two basic components your class and your race Mm -hmm. um race can also be um considered your species um because a little bit with the background just a teensy bit you're getting into the weeds i'm getting into the weeds um no so um and and the way to think of it so let's say that you're a um dwarven fighter you're like 10% 10% dwarf, 90% fighter. You get most of your stats and most of your actual, uh, the meat and potatoes of your character from your actual class. Right. Um, and um, so you want to do classes first or races first? Um, I say we do races because that's how it's in the uh, player's handbook. Okay. You okay. pick your race first and then you, you pick your class. Well, you don't have to do it in that order. No. You can be like, hey, I want to be a wizard and then be like... I want to be this type of <laughs> But yeah, no, we'll, we'll do races first. Um, let me bring this up. So there's, um, we're only going to uh, mention like the ones that come out in the basic player's handbook. There are follow-on texts that have more races like uh, Kenku's and what are the angel people? It's angel people, lizard folk, um, the cat people, uh, stuff like that. Um these are all news Goliaths. to me. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, in your basic player's handbook, uh, you will see um, uh, these races. Right. Um, the first one being a dragonborn. Um, and it is, it is described as um, dragonborn look very much like dragons, standing erect in humanoid, humanoid form, though they lack wings or a tail. Though... I think Tim had a tail. Tim, Tim, Tim had a tail. Tim had a tail. Yeah. And, that, and that's another thing about D&D. Even though the books say something, you can definitely tweak it. So, like, I always bring up the rule of cool, man. If it's going to make a better table experience for everybody and it really doesn't detract from the game or it's not, like, a cheating thing, then go with it. You know, my character or my player was a dragonborn and he wanted a tail so he had a fucking tail it just made it harder for him to hide it because dragonborn were illegal in my world i was gonna say that but then you you brought it up but we'll bring it up later probably second episode 
And um and the reason why you pick one or the other, I mean it could it could just maybe you're like, fuck man, that's a that's a walking talking dragon. I wanna be the most dragon talk. But um I wanna be a dragon dude. But you also get like I mean that's cool in itself, but you also get with each race, you get extra bonuses. Right. For each for each one. And with the dragonborn you get a plus two to strength and a plus one to charisma. And this is all like Greek to you, I get it. Um but just know you get bonuses to both of those stats. Yeah, so that's if you're a cool. dragonborn. Um, if you're a dragonborn. Um, do you want to do the next? Yeah, so the next one is going to be a dwarf. Um, dwarf. Most of, well, I'm assuming most of you know this because of Lord of the Rings. You know, you have Gimli and, mm-hmm. and his dwarven race. Um, so they are described as bold and hardy. Dwarves are known as skilled warriors, miners, and workers of stone and metal. Next up is elves, and they are described um, in the book as elves are a magical people of otherworldly grace, living in the world but not entirely part of it. Um, these aren't like your fucking making toys sitting in Santa's goddamn dungeon. Keebler elves. Keebler elves. They're not that. No. Um, those are more like gnomes in D and D, which we will get to next. Nice. <laughs> but um, elves again, just think Lord of the Rings. Think Legolas, how graceful, how fucking athletic, just almost perfect beings. All right, so a gnome. You guys think of these as, as I do, maybe a Goosebumps gnome with the hat. David the gnome. They're terrifying, and David the gnome, which we all grew up and loved. In the player's handbook, it says, a gnome's energy and enthusiasm for living shines through every inch of his or her tiny body. That's it. Uh, so your, your bonuses. Uh, plus two to intelligence. You get dark vision and you get gnome cunning. So um, if you guys are not sure what gnome cunning is, we might go into that later on in an episode if you're interested. Again, let us know on the, the socials if any of this is, is hitting a string for you. You don't have to bring that up every time. Which one? We'll bring it up in another Yeah, so gnomes, um, like I said earlier, are more like your Keebler elves. They're more like your Santa's little helpers. um, As far as they're all tinkers, you get plus... Jesus. Sorry. Sorry, that was very... The gnome energy. It wasn't so The gnome energy was was fucking real for you there. No, uh, we had two gnomes um, in, in two of the campaigns that we played. Joe played a gnome. Uh, my cousin Jeremy played played a gnome. I was a gnome artificer. Yes, and they're they're tiny little tinkers. Um, they have their own little special abilities that make them. I actually I actually did a thing for them where they went to the Gnome Federation, which was actually kind of it was basically America. Like they had like an elected, um, they actually ele- elected a uh, woman president before America did. Catch up, America. Maybe if we had a candidate that was viable worth it yeah okay uh but yeah like they're like multicolored like their hair is like multicolored but mm-hmm. um, that's the way they're described but the way i made mine like they had like normal like blonde brunette redhead um you know black hair white hair whatnot but it was like almost like iridescent like in the sun you would see like this prominent color so like if you had black hair in the sun it was like shiny blue or like See, and he, I'm, I'm thinking like troll dolls. 
when you, you describe these characters. Well, I mean, well, they don't have to have, like, pointy hair. No, 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 no. But I'm, and, I'm and it's like, and you, but you also make, tro- you make gnomes what the fuck you want. Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, but it's kind of like troll dolls. Like, you, green hair or whatever. Right. I think the elected had blue hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, they're little tinkers. Um, they're super freaking hyper, super inquisitive. So, like, if, like, you're RPing a, um, a gnome. Like, you're the one, like, they're like, okay, well, there's a door on the left, a door on the right. And you guys, like, go into the door on the right. It's like the gnome characters always going to be like, but what the fuck's on the left? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mind that you'll probably go through that later. But he wants to know now. Right. I, I just want to go in now. And uh, That's how all my gnomes talk. <laughs> we actually went to a gnome disco. A gnome oh, yeah. <laughs> rave. It was called Bell Time. <laughs> At the end of every work day, like literally just like, and they would all just get freaking hammered and party through the night and then like sleep for a few hours, then go back to work and do it. They did it every day. Yeah. And it it was super rad. We went to a a gnome rave. A few times. Yeah. And it was, it was super cool. I liked it. One more time. (laughs) That's a job. (laughs) (laughs) It was gnome punk. Two gnomes with weird robot masks. <laughs> well, they are. Yeah, they're they're all tinkers, <laughs> so they had robots. They had constructs. Um, what do you got next, Joe? Uh, next up is, like, one of my favorite concepts in Dungeons & Dragons, and I think it was, like, maybe, you know, before its time. Um, mm-hmm. But it's uh, half-elf. Um, there's also a half-orc um, that we'll get to later, obviously. But... Um, I really like this this idea of being in the middle of two different worlds, especially being as hoity-toity as the elves are, and then being like half-human, which is kind of like, hmm, <laughs> and not really being accepted by either. Welcome to being part of the normal society, but not because you're not fully human. Yeah, but I also see like the humans being more accepting. And, like, your elven um, heritage being not as. Because, oh my god, you've got dirty... You're a mudblood. You don't have pointy ears? Ex- oh, I mean, they, they, they do. They're just not, like, anime pointy. Right, right, right. That's um, what I'm saying. Like elves are. Uh, but half-elves are described as... Um, they Half-elves combined what some say are the best qualities from their elf and human parents. Um, hey! Look at what's up next. Oh, it's my fave. There you go. <laughs> it's my fave. This, um, I always, I, I'm not currently playing, um, but I usually always play a halfling, aka a hobbit, for those of you who don't know. Um, the diminutive halflings survive in a world full of larger creatures by avoiding notice or bearing that, avoiding offense. So basically, offense, 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 <laughs> sure, whatever. Oh, we all knew who never got called on to read aloud in, in school. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, why are you holding that phone like six feet away from your face? You know what? I went to go get an eye exam today and I need new glasses. That's oh, why. Oh, shit. The opposite of the half-elf is the half-orc, 
where elves are hoity-toity and like, ooh, look at elf. Kind um, of. Orcs are fucking just like living in the dirt and they don't care about like comforts and shit. They're just, they're very war driven, um, very brutal life. The leader is the, usually the strongest and the best fighter. Um, the males don't have a long life expectancy. Um, but the half orc is the next one. Um, I am currently playing a half orc. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a half orc before and he needlessly died for no fucking reason. <laughs> Um, we'll go into that in an episode too. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Tim. <laughs> um, half orcs, gray pigmentation, sloping foreheads, jutting jaws, prominent teeth, and towering builds make the orcish heritage plain for all those to see. Uh, so in the campaign we're playing right now, we're mostly all humans except for Joe. Um, he is a half orc. Uh, but this uh, race is human. So it's the most basic, and it is described as um, humans are the most adaptable and ambitious people among the common races. Whatever drives them, humans are the innovators, the achievers, and the pioneers of the worlds. Okay, I guess not. So next up, um, and last of the like basic um, races, is the tiefling. And they are described as such. To be greeted with stares and whispers, to suffer violence and insult on the street, to see mistrust and fear in every eye. This is the lot of the tiefling. Um, yeah, and like I said, there's there's many more canonical um, uh, races yeah. uh, that you can choose from. The Arakora, uh, those are like eagle people. Uh, the Genasi... Um, they're kind of like sun people, I believe. Goliaths are big, Goliaths. almost giants people. <laughs> um, Asimir, I don't know what the fuck that is. Mm-mm. And then you could also be, uh, you could be a furblog, like Pumatsol. Oh, I love Pumatsol. Um, uh, but people have also gone through, um, as well as like uh, Wizards of the Coast, They've gone through, and some of the monsters, you could actually be one of the monsters. Like, let's say you want to be a goblin, or a bugbear, or you want to be a fucking hobgoblin, or a kobold. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you can be whatever you a want. A minotaur. You want to be the good guy? Cool. You want to be the bad guy? Be well, the I bad mean, guy. being a goblin doesn't necessarily make you a bad guy. No, I mean, would you call... Freshta! Freshta! Well, I mean, he was a bad guy, but he Stop. deserted the goblin army. Because Don't you he, talk shit about Fester, I will smack you. Because because he didn't want to be put into a machine and his magic used like a battery until he was dead. But yeah, that that goes through that goes through all the um The classes. Uh races. races. Yeah, it goes through all the, the, the boring things. I think the cooler part is like I said, ninety percent what your character is. I mean you you have your backstory, but that's really just like for one more proficiency at a save. And, and maybe, or what you, and maybe like a game dice. What your equipment that you have at the beginning of the game. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I usually just do like soldier, and yeah. then you like you have proficiency in this and this, and then boom, easy. Uh, but no, I I personally always choose a halfling because I relate to a halfling one hundred percent. I think you love food. Yeah, I really do. I do too. I mean, I'm not saying I don't. Um, uh, but I think Joe 
chooses half orc mostly. Well, my is... first half orc was a half orc <laughs> monk, which uh, his name was Joby One. Um, but I thought I, again, I liked the dynamic of ha- being like half orc, half human. So you're like, oh shit, like you're two worlds, but also being chaotic and violent, being an orc, but also like the monk is supposed to be peaceful and serene mm-hmm. and stuff like that um yeah I, I like doing like the opposites thing like i always wanted to play like a gnome barbarian yeah he 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 has spoken many a times about that like like and his background would be like the barbarians did a raid on like this gnome fucking city and he was still in he was still in he was stole as a babe and raised as a barbarian and they're like fuck kind of like baby Groot like he was always like picked on you know when baby Groot gets captured mm-hmm. in Guardians of the Galaxy but then they're kind of like oh shit this dude's kind of tough let's let's teach him how to swing a little axe yeah and then he grows up like fucking super strong and he's like puck not even like Wolverine like Wolverine's small but if you know who Alpha Flight is from the Marvel comics puck he has a cool mustache um <laughs> He used to team up with Wolverine up in Canada. Alpha. Alpha. Flight. Flight. Alpha flight. Alpha flight. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, that's what I've always wanted. No, to and like uh, so so you will, in your D&D adventures, find a uh, race that kind of clicks with you. Maybe you're more of a tiefling to where you're like, I'm like chill until you piss me off and then I grow these claws and teeth and I will fuck your world up. I like to go to ghost concerts. <laughs> or you're like uh you're you're a human to where you're like, hey, I wanna be um even on God Hey, I wanna be even on all playing fields and um, you know, have these extra abilities to everything. Um so you as you play you'll you'll find your, your favorite race for sure. Whereas barbarians go to fucking metal concerts. See, I was going to say barbarians, but that's not a race. It's a class. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get into classes. <laughs> so, the first one up is... Oh, barbarian. Oh, man. Weird. What a weird thing. Described as being a fierce warrior of primitive background who can enter a battle rage. So, basically, you kind of just hulk up. Yeah. Um, you don't turn into the hulk, but you kind of just get, like, this extra power, this extra fucking vigor in your goddamn body and you wreck fucking shop. I tried so many times to purposefully kill Jason. (laughs) I'm not who was was the barbarian and I fucking couldn't do it. Nah. Cause by that time I had killed everybody else. I was like, well, I don't want to do a TPK like Jesus. All right. So next up is the bard. Sal, do you want to read that description for me? Sure. So the bard, um, another, kind of class that I've always wanted to play, but I've never dabbled. Um, Described in the player's handbook. Colon. Semicolon? Colon. An inspiring magician whose power echoes the music of creation. Okay. So uh, next up is the cleric. And um, they are described as priestly. They are a champion who wields divine magic in service of a higher power. Funny, this should come up. Next up. All right. So this is the first uh, class that I dabbled in when I played uh, D&D. It is a druid, a priest of the old faith, 
wielding the powers of nature and adopting animal forms. So, um, as Joe was saying a little bit earlier, um, my shining moment in D&D was when I was a halfling druid. What? Stop looking at me. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) I was a halfling druid, um, and we had a zombie horde coming into this uh, village that we were trying to protect. And um, not knowing a whole lot about D&D and not knowing a whole lot about druids or or anything, really, um, I I picked spells that I thought were cool. And then when this, this zombie horde came up to the village, my spells actually made a whole lot of sense to me. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, so I'm going to do this. And I raised a bunch of vines in front of this um, kind of funnel. She bottlenecked the shit out of them. Yeah, that the the villagers had already built. So I was like, all right, so I'm going to put up some vines so it makes it a little bit harder for these zombies to get through. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I, I, I raised the earth. So, so basically, as a druid, you're, you're controlling the elements. You're controlling nature. Um, and so I controlled the earth, and I, I, I made a little bit of difficult terrain so the zombies couldn't get through, um, or it was difficult to get through the vines and the rocks, which was super rad. Um, and I really wish that I knew a little bit more about druids before I picked that as the first thing that I played in D&D. Um, but I had a really good time. I had a really good time playing Druid. Well, uh, shit, you were like one level away from like being able to turn into a fucking bear. Yeah. Like, I don't know why you quit on that. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know, Mr. Furrow. Well, that's why you should just look. Look, take it upon yourself to look in the book. But Are I- you shook? I identify more as a ranger than I do a druid. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But um, but no, yeah, they're they're definitely battlefield um, controllers. And like mm-hmm. I said, um, I was throwing at him. I had printed out something like forty or fifty zombie minis, mm-hmm. and it was gonna be. I think initially it was like ten zombies with a zombie horde, which was like a group of zombies, which had like a different stat block right and then every other turn i was throwing five more zombies at you so it was supposed to overwhelm you guys and make you guys i was trying to get you guys to retreat and just fucking run away and be like fuck well we lost the city let's just close the gates and trap them all in there and light it on fire (laughs) (laughs) that's what that that would have been my my thing yeah Um, i mean get the civilians out that aren't bit and you know but um but yeah, no, the way you came up with that, I was like super fucking proud. Not only is this my little sister, but like it's one of my players using her spells, adapting her spells to the best of her fucking ability. And yeah, it freaking worked. Like my plan to overwhelm you guys did not fucking work. Yeah. Though I don't think I would have overwhelmed you guys because you guys didn't run from anything. No. We, and which is stupid. <laughs> we hit everything head on because... We didn't we didn't pay attention to the part where our characters can die. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know I think I think we came at that battle in a in a pretty smart way to where we were we were high up. So if the zombies broke through, we were okay. Um, so next up is probably the like basic D and D character. Um, other than barbarian, I think it's probably like 
one of the standards, uh, maybe other than Paladin and Wizard. But the fighter. Um, and the fighter is a master of martial combat skilled with a variety of weapons and armor. Basically, you know every fucking weapon. You're like that guy in like the movies that they call in. They're like, yeah, this is fucking Tony. He'll get you in. And he like starts just going to like the gun rack and just like like pistols, machine guns, fucking rifles. He's just going through, taking them apart, looking in to make sure they're all in good working order. That is what a fighter. A fighter is skilled in two weapon combat, double handed combat, like shield and sword, hand to hand. They're the most versatile. Like if you just want to deal damage, do that one. Human fighter, like Mm -hmm. boom. And and you'll always be a bad. There's no way you can't be a badass. So we have a um, a class that I'm I am currently playing, and Joe is kind of playing a homebrew off of this. Um, it is a monk. So uh, it is it it is described as a master of martial arts, harnessing the power of body in pursuit of physical and spiritual perfection. All right, so next up is the Paladin, um, a holy warrior bound to a sacred oath. So it's basically you make this oath to this god or to this cause, and you get divine energy from that. Yeah, uh, so the next class um, we're going to go over is the Ranger, which is the class that I love. I love this class so much. Uh, described, a warrior who combats threats on the edges of civilization. So the next step, we have the rogue, a scoundrel who uses stealth and trickery to overcome obstacles and enemies. Ooh, so we have sorcerer, uh, described as a spellcaster who draws on inherent magic from a gift or bloodline. Next up, we have warlocks, and warlocks are my favorite casters because it's easy. Again, you don't have to learn spells. You don't have to have your fucking prepared spell book, all this other bullshit. (laughs) A warlock is a wielder of magic that is derived from a bargain with an extraplanar entity. So we have a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. Not the same as a Harry Potter wizard in any way, shape, or form. Um, kind of. Maybe not. A scholarly magic user capable of manipulating the structure of reality. Uh, but yeah, so that's 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 all the classes. And those of- are, and again, those are just the. Um, the standard uh, ones that you get in the basic player's handbook. Mm -hmm. Um, There's more in Unearthed Arcana and stuff like that. And the follow-on texts, um, you have like Artificer. uh, What is there? Pugilist. Um, Blood Hunter. Um, No, well, actually, Pugilist is actually a homebrew. Okay. That has been sent through DM's Guild. Mm -hmm. And other than um, Matt Mercer's gunslinger mm-hmm. um pugilist is like the best homebrew not wizards of the coast class that you can play as far as like play tested and people have done it and they've tweaked out like the kinks yeah um and stuff like that so although i think i overpowered my my dude so yeah i think uh, i think we've bored them to death enough <laughs> um this, these are kind of the boring things about D D. You know, it's the nuts and the bolts. It's the actual rules and stuff like that. We really didn't get into gameplay, but yeah. with gameplay, best way to learn is to actually play. Yeah. Um, 
which we might be showing you here in the near future. I think we're going to put up um, one of our sessions on, on, on a Friday. Might put that up on the Instagram um, just to show you how everything can go terribly right <laughs> or terribly wrong. Depending on the dice. Um, before I end this, I'm going to do a salute. Salute. Oh, both of us are almost done. Almost empty. So with that initiative roll, the order of combat will be the goblin, and then you, and then the bugbear. So that gobby goes first, and he's going to attack you with his jagged short sword. Um, does 17 hit? 17 will hit. Okay, so you take six points of damage. So as he runs up you, he swings his jagged short sword and slices your left thigh. Okay. And that ends his turn. Um, so it's my turn. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so I am going to retaliate that attack and kind of, as he swipes at me uh, with my dagger, kind of go into the nape of his neck. Oh, wow. As, so you're going for a kill shot? Yeah. Okay. As, as he's, um, you know... Swiping. Attacking me. Okay, cool. Cool. So... Roll attack. It's going to be a 19 to hit. Oh, uh, yeah, that definitely hits. Okay, so my damage will be... That's going to be 28 points of damage. Holy with shit. With a dagger. All right, I'll have to look at the character sheet and see if that's right. Okay, so yeah, with that, you... Outright, just kill him. Sweet. Um, yeah, you put you put your dagger and in, in, you basically sever his spinal column through the side of his neck, and he falls limply to the floor, black blood spewing from his body, like Excellent. anime style. All right, so now the bugbear is going to attack with his battle axe. Sixteen to hit. That'll hit. All right. So that was 10 points of damage. So he swings his battle axe and he slashes across your midsection. All right. And he, but he stays like kind of right up on you. You can smell the musty grossness of his fur. Cool. So um, kind of going to do like a, since the other goblin is dead, I'm assuming. Yeah, the goblin's dead. Um, I'm going to kind of do like a legless move, maybe kind of roll and maneuver out of the way and uh, notch an arrow and try and shoot. It's going to be an 18 to hit. 18 hits? Um, I'm not going to allow you because it... 18 does hit. Um, you're not going to be able to do everything you wanted to because it wasn't all that good of a roll. Okay. Um, but you definitely hit him. Um, what's the damage on that? The damage is six. Six. So, okay, you hit him with six points of um, piercing damage from your arrow. Um, you hit him in the back of the thigh. Um, but because it wasn't a definitive and, um, and decisive attack, he actually leaps down from the wall and runs to the castle keep blowing his ox horn as he goes, alerting all within the castle.
so that was a little bit of an intro to D&D um, as far as the classes, um, a little bit of the 80s satanic panic that happened. Um, if you guys stay tuned to episode two, we will have a little bit more of Joe and mine's personal experience with D&D and, and you guys can hear a lot of the passion that we have for um, this rad ass game that we play. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and please uh, tune in on Thursday for part two of this D&D episode. And until then, this is Player Two signing off for Player One. Stay rad, my dudes. Nerdy on, Joe. Nerdy on, so. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys.